Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City Limits. City limits were on air, and uh, it's a bit of a scramble again. We got it. Not <laughs> as bad as last month. <laughs> that's true. We couldn't get in the door last month. But we're in today, <laughs> um, and we're back with um, we're, the team today. John McPherson's here. You just heard his voice. He, of course, is the regular transport spokesperson, and that means it's first. Wednesday of the month, it's Transport Day. Adrian Whitehead's back. Adrian, welcome back. Hi, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, school holidays are over, so uh, must must miss having the kids around, run around the studio, do you? Yeah, I had, uh, <laughs> I had uh, dealing with six of them for five days with three adults, so it's a bit intense over yeah, the holidays. Well, so, now, you've uh, got, now you've got us to put up with this three yeah. adults here because Andy's here as well. <laughs> He's pressing buttons and doing things, and I'm killing. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, hitting, I'm sitting here learning. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on this side of the panel. Right, now. you are indeed. That's right. Okay, I'm going to make a noise on the terrible noise. I'm going to move my mic down a bit. There we are. That's uh, that's that done. And being transport day, John, yeah. we got there's heaps to talk about. Of course, there is. Uh, I just hang on. The Victorian infrastructure, Mike. Victorian infrastructure plan. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So there's also a story on this morning's front page of the age. Indeed. 300 million to ease the southern crush. Yeah, we'll talk about that yeah, later. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, that won't uh, be. Don't worry, that won't be the private company's money who um, runs the thing. That'll be. Oh no, no. That'll be our money. That'll be government money to fix it up and make it run better. And that we should talk about because the contract's been signed at the moment, or pretty much yeah. the, the next contract. And John Stone, who's been on this program, of course, friend yes, of ours, who's lecturer yes. at Melbourne on these yes. issues. He had an article in The Age last week uh, saying the government had to be very careful about it because they're implying, as the late Paul Mees used to imply, that the companies are ripping us off big time. Yeah, well, it's it's pretty much the same sort of deal as we get from CityLink, really. Um, CityLink says, oh, yeah, we'll we'll sort of, um, you know, fix things up for you a bit, but, but you know, you'll have, to, you'll have to give us another 30 years on our tolling period so that we can keep making making billions a year, you know, that'll be okay, won't it? And, and governments all, all seem to say, yeah, that'll be cool, we'll, lie, we'll roll over and you can tickle our tummy, that's cool, yeah. And yet when government wants to change the contract in favour of the government, they always say, no, you can't, it's a oh, contract, yes. we're locked yes, in. Yes, uh, yes, yes, that's very interesting. Uh, but, of course, we're currently seeing road widenings taking place and traffic congestion mm, all over the mm. place due to more of that, and, in fact, that's one and again when they've had a further extension yeah. um, in terms of the conditions of this, this extension. But every extension is to the freeway that we were told when it was first built was going to solve all our problems. That's Yet right, Kevin. We're up to about extension, what, five, six or something? About that, yeah. yeah. Hand, on our, hand on their hearts, they all said sincerely, you know, they looked us in the eye and said sincerely, <laughs> you know, 
this is going to fix traffic to the end of time. <laughs> that's right. Well, when they look you in the eye and say sincerely, you know not to trust them, of course. That's the very moment when you know not to trust them. Um, I'm going to pour some tea. Yeah, I think tea's, okay. tea's tea. a very good there idea. We yeah. yeah, we got new big. This is the first time Adrian's seen our new big pot, and he's, he's incredibly, incredibly impressed. It is magnificent. It is. It is seriously yeah. magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows that 3CR doesn't stand still when you're away. No, no. Well, no, it was a, a friendly listener who said it's the pot. Oh. <laughs> we, listener support. I mean, this is how the community radio runs, of course. That's right. That's right. On and, tea. And I just, can you just reach oh, that? Of course, John yes. Here we go. Adrian's cup. We've got to put something in it. There we are. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, he's fascinated by that. We'll just pour a bit more tea. Hmm. One, well, I did want to... Um, raise a, a couple of things before we get on to transport full-time. Naturally, we've got to do the, <laughs> yeah. we've got to do the general <laughs> horror of life first, haven't we? There we that's a, yeah. that sort of thing, something for you to read out later. Oh, right, okay, there's a readout thing there. Um, now, I've just got to get this uh, thing in the right direction. <laughs> that's the only thing now. Oh, um, we, we've got oh, a, oh yeah, our train's the worst. That's a good one to start with. Well, why don't we go with that? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we, we get on to transport. I'll get on to other things shortly then. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. No, well, well, I did want to. I'll get on to other things firstly. Yeah, look, Adrian, I did want to talk to you. I've been waiting for you. I'm holding this till you come back. During the election campaign, when we had, in fact, when we had um, Phil Sutton in with you um, the week or two before the election when he was running um, in, in Darabin, yeah. he mentioned that the next day um, he and group around him had helped to organise an ad where a whole range of well-known Australians right across the political and, and, and philosophical spectrum had signed an ad, it's time to declare a climate emergency, the earth is already too hot, and uh, it was a very good ad indeed. It was in the age the next morning. Um, and with the, over, over coffee later, we pointed out, and you, know, you all agreed, that it was a waste of money unless there was a real follow-up to it. That's what I wanted to ask you about. Has there been any sort of follow-up that you're aware of to this? Not, not particularly. I mean, we're, we're still campaigning in a way. That's what we do, campaign on the climate. That's what I do and my group does. What's, what's we and what's the uh, group? Save the Planet. And yeah. Phil, Philip Sutton runs the Green Leap Strategic Institute. Right. And um, uh, there's, a, there's the Sustainable Living Foundation. There's basically right. a coalition of people, a group over in South, uh, South Australia. And we're sort of forming under the banner now called Climate mobilisation mm-hmm. and that's taking a name from an American group who have started campaigning around the climate emergency and, and by that we mean not only saying that we're in trouble yeah. but mm-hmm. actually talking about reducing the emissions that have already been put up there rather rapidly. Yeah. Um, so that that's sort of moving ahead but still the mainstream environment groups, mainstream political mm-hmm. parties including the Greens haven't adopt, pol- adopted policy that's going to reverse global warming and you know we saw the, the big storm event in yep. South Australia. Yep. Um, and, you know, imagine one of those every few years mm. at some point in the future. Mm. And, you know, you saw the, you know, I don't know what people are waiting for. They wait, you know, they, there's power poles bent double. And, well, you tell yeah. me another incidence of that in Australia that was ever been. I've never seen that. So. I've never, I can't recall it ever. Yeah. Although it could simply be dodgy corporate contracting, of course, you know. <laughs> so we, if you've got to, you've got to tease well, the causality apart. And the other way around is yeah. to look at it and say, well, I don't think those things would be built any worse in South Australia than they're built in other, other parts, other parts of Australia. Yeah. Exactly. So, so if something like a cyclone hits again anywhere, and that was like a cyclone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and it could get worse. So yeah, of and and more frequent. It will so, get worse. We and, 
you know, you look at areas that I was leafleting for the local council election uh-huh. um, the other day, and in Fairfield, um, you know, that, that suffered a huge flood in 2003. That's right. It's built on a swamp. There's several streams that should mm-hmm. be running through there that aren't really running through there the anymore. Railway, through your railway embankment stops all the all the flow to the river. Yeah, and and there's a, that's why there's the underpass just mm-hmm. about a about a hundred hundred couple hundred feet from the the um, the railway crossing on yep. Station Street, yep. just to let that water through when it backs up, so stop that stop it overtopping the railway line. So, you know, those sort of suburbs are going to be in serious trouble mm-hmm. first, yes. and then everyone else will be after that. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're still going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, fantastic. Yeah. But it's, um, as you say, not even the Greens are really oh. out there on the really radical edge of saying what, what, what has to be done, are they? They're, you know, they're, they're better than the, the mainstream. But Yeah, totally. And look, and privately, and this is, I find disappointing, that most mm. Greens, like I was talking to a number of the local councillors in Darabin who are running, yep. privately they get it. They yep. understand we need to go to negative emissions. They understand it's a it's an extreme emergency that we face, and we're just at the very cutting edge of the impacts. Mm-hmm. But then they say, "Look, I'm I'm bound to party policy. I can't mm-hmm. speak out." And I say, "Well, come on, like you know, you're the Greens. <laughs> what what are you meant to be doing?" So if you guys aren't telling the truth and standing up for, you know, you wouldn't expect the Greens to sell out on refugees uh-huh. or or gay marriage or anything like that. But why aren't we getting the full story around climate uh-huh. change? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so. And and partially, perhaps it's it's just a bit. It is a really diabolical problem, yeah. and people just need to mm. get on with solving it rather than worrying. And about the weather pattern of the last week, of course, has led the usual suspects to come out and say, "Look, we yeah, we, the reliability. It's all caused. We by, need to burn more wind. coal. And it was it? caused yeah. by wind because yeah. wind did blow the things over. Of course, so you could blame the wind. I guess. Yeah, exactly. But Those um, wind, wind turbines turning really quickly, making the wind stronger. That's, I think. That's, well, that's, that's my exactly theory. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think but, I think they speed the wind up. Yeah, they do. But the irony <laughs> is that the what what cause what is what is causing <clears throat> climate change? They say we need more of. Exactly. And less of what we're doing to stop it. Exactly. Uh, so there's an irony here somewhere, isn't there? And, and look, and, and just on that, you can actually build, they've built wind turbines down at uh, Antarctic bases. And so if you can build wind turbines down there, you can actually build a, build a wind-based system to survive pretty much anything. So um, yeah, you know, yeah. even if the storms get worse and worse and worse, we can have some sort of large-scale yeah. energy yeah. coming from yeah. the wind, for instance. And we're getting batteries now anyway that can start storing. Well, we're, we're, I mean, it's going to be... Very shortly. Probably the next yeah. time I'm in, we're yeah. just starting the process. My house is going to become a power station. Oh, we're wow. getting our battery and we're getting our solar panels and we're going to be selling our power, not for no cents a dollar, mm-hmm. sort of no cents a kilowatt. We're going to be selling it at um, peak, uh, at the uh, spot price yep. and making money, mm. which is great. So oh. if enough people do that, we can actually have... You know, yep, an yep. independent power grid, more yep. or less. Yep. Sort well, of. keep you on the show. It'd be worth yeah. knowing, John. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. might be the last refuge. Welcome to my house. Yeah. Of, of the scoundrels. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, quite the opposite. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, on, Did you uh, know to say things just, like that to Adrian? <laughs> just on, no, I was talking about us. <laughs> the, the, he's our last refuge. <laughs> the... Um, the the, the headline. Want the, want I want to go to the headline in the Herald Sun. The way they do headlines. I mean, if you want to have it, if you want to attack some particular thing, well, okay, you run it on your editorial, which they do every day. Yeah, yeah. you have an uh, opinion. You have an opinion writer, one, thing, of, yeah. one of your right wing opinion writers who comes out with it. But this was a headline, mm. supposed to be objective headline over a story. Now it is written by one of their most right wing columnists, but Rita Panahi. But she it is written as a straight news story. Right. And it's about the fact that, um, and she's called Controversial Safe Schools co-founder Roz Ward, 
And Ros Ward is, 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 uh, is calling for more unisex or non-gendered toilets in schools. Oh, yes. Now, yes. you know, the story, you can go on about the story and have your comments, etc. Yeah. But the... In terms of it being an objective news story, I just love the, the the balanced headline in the Herald Sun: non-gender nonsense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not uh, even quotes. Not even no, a quote. No, no, just non-gender no, no. nonsense. Right. Oh, <laughs> so that's that's their idea of objective reporting. Thank we you know where they stand. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Speaking of education, um, which we probably. The Herald Sun and education should never go together, of course. But um, there was a story uh, last week, and we've talked to it this a few times, about the fact that research at universities is becoming quite dangerous because it's more and more allied to commercial interests and commercial mm. people. And we've had one recently where one of America's biggest uh, arms manufacturer has moved in and is funding a, pro- a program here, in fact, um, and the students have been protesting about that. But there was a conference held last week uh, by Price Waterhouse, of course, one of the big, uh-huh. big four uh, um, so-called accounting companies in the world, yeah. who tell everyone how to um, how to. So in the not, ones not, who both do the accounting, accounting and the auditing for yes, the same that's right. quite and often, won't yeah. tell you who their auditors are. Yeah, oh, yeah right. And it was co-sponsored by them in the Financial Review, and it was about uh, research at universities. And, of course, it's all about uh, just a couple of quick quotes because it's going in very dangerous directions. Australian businesses and universities need to radically rethink, well, getting off to a great start, that's a split infinitive, John, but how they collaborate if the nation wants to hold its slide down the global rankings when it comes to innovation. And there's quotes like, um, part of the problem regarding the long-term view is academics are often looking to solve a deeper, more profound problem rather than something simpler, whereas business wants an instant uh, response. Co-founder and CEO of Planet Innovation, Stuart Elliott, believes universities need to focus more on the low-hanging fruit, the research that needs to be done which solves simple problems today. We have to ensure research is focused on a commercially relevant problem. If the problem is defined well up front and universities get it right, there will be an auction for their research. It's a question of speaking to the industry and potentially even spending the first 20% of the research budget on identifying the right problem. Mm. And Chief Executive Officer and Managing Partner of venture capital firm One Ventures, Dr Michelle Deeker, agreed there needed to be more focus on commercial outcomes as well as strongly emphasising the need for invention. Universities and research institutes need to learn to direct resources to the commercial opportunity. They need to understand the time constraints around commercial realities. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Well, it's very reassuring, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. there you are. You so, the, so the future will be designed on Wall Street. Whoopoo. That's Whoopoo. right, and research that just does research into things that might long-term be valuable, but are, you know, and, and even in areas that might never have a commercial outcome. Funnily enough. That shouldn't exist, obviously. Funnily enough, uh, many of the modern, you know, modern wonders of the world came out of very basic you know, long-term research that didn't, didn't have any mm. short-term aim. No, no. Um, you know, no. Because really you're constraining yourself quite a lot if you just go for the short-term. Um, 
and that's mm. not, not what scientists are supposed to do. Aren't but it's they? what they, business aren't they, needs. To... Aren't they supposed to be blue skies? Yes, yes. Well, blue skies and very hot skies with these days. That's why they keep telling us. But uh, no one listens to them on that one. Blue skies with a touch of red around the edges. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's right. That's yes. right. Yes. Uh, um, in America, by the way, where um, Donald Trump is boasting, he's very, he's clever. He's so oh. intelligent that he hasn't paid tax for eons and that's right. years and years, and he wants to become president so he can pass laws about taxes. Yep. <laughs> Well, um, it's well, all he very, knows how uh, bad it is, so he can fix it. Oh, he's, he he certainly know. He'll certainly know all the uh, <laughs> all the tricks the of the trade. Yes. But anyway, we'd be pleased to know though that when you get a, when you get someone who's really ripping off the system, they are prepared to go them. They're about to have a trial. They haven't set a date yet for a, for a uh, trial date for a teenage boy in Virginia who um, forgot to pick up his sixty-five cent carton of milk. Right. which is a free thing under some food program over there. They have probably for, right, for right, kids who have right. not much dough, etc. He forgot the carton as he was leaving school and he ran back to pick it up. But when he ran back to pick it up, they nabbed him for stealing it. Oh. Stealing it, yes. And they called the coppers and he's going to be charged. There's going to be a trial and he's been charged with stealing a 65-cent carton of milk. Oh, well, that sounds even stupider than a lot of our yeah. bureaucracy, doesn't it? 65 cents more than Donald Trump's Somebody was emphasising to me the other day that, you know, we see America as being the, the country of free enterprise, yada, 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 that they are very, very bureaucratic. Far more yeah. bureaucratic than we would imagine. But in free over there, free means mm. the freedom of capital to move. Quite. You know, I, I always took it as freedom to exploit. Yeah, yeah, well, freedom yeah, to exploit, same yeah, thing, really, yeah, isn't it? But yeah. well, we, we yeah. commented on the program last week that it, it, the UN, Malcolm, uh, I keep wanting to say Malcolm Fraser, Malcolm Turnbull at the UN made the point in the same mm. sentence mm. that we have to protect our borders, secure our borders, mm. Mm. so you people have no freedom of movement. Yep. And then he said the world must must stop protectionism. We must have right. total freedom of capitals. Yeah, yeah. So that's what freedom means, yeah, you see. Yeah. 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 But they, look, it talks about silly stuff. Like last, I was quite stunned when the Liberals were sort of saying some really rich schools were getting paid too much. I think on um, Q and A was the case, and then Labor came out um, criticising the overall reduction in, in education budget, but then defending Scotch College yeah. and King's yeah. College and all yeah. those other places yeah. with their for their for their funding and refu- saying we will keep funding them. And I just thought, man, like. Yeah, How but, bad has yeah, politics yeah, gone? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> in, defend, in defending uh, Tanya Plibersek. Uh, so we're saying in defence of no, giving Scotch more money. No. Sorry, is that... Sorry, keep, keep she going. was really saying, she was really trying to say, hey, we've got to keep the principles of Gonski. And Gonski might, might have lots of problems, but it's better than, better than just having the uh, minister... Decide what what you'll get. No, she was she was definitely saying more than that. She was saying no, liberal was. hit list on the biggest schools. Mm. So she was seeking to do wedge politics mm. rather than saying actually that's principle of cutting some funding from the principal school. Although it's against Gonski, is something that we might generally You're support right. in it's Labor. It's and but what we're really upset yeah. about is the yeah. actual massive it was reduction. Wedge. In it was funding. wedge. It was oh. wedge politics. I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, well, it's it's, it's good playing. to see that people in Camwell can yeah, now yeah. vote Labor with a, cl- a clear yeah, conscience. All... Yeah, it's and 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 Q and Hawthorne. So yeah, yeah. I'm with it all. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all pretty crazy. Yeah. 
you know, that, I must say I was deeply impressed when I saw Labor come out and defend private schools that way. Yeah, it was just <laughs> absolutely wonderful, given I was heavily involved in the fight to stop state aid in the first place. Well, party. I just ground my teeth knowing uh, full well that, that, that um, Shorten went to Xavier. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, well, Is he a lawyer? Um, he did do law, I think. Yeah, that's Almost Xavier. Xavier's yeah. the, the, yeah. the legal the training centre. Yeah, 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 the legal factory yeah. for the Catholic system. They've nearly yeah. all done law. That's part of the reason why they're, they're debating so, so appalling in Parliament. I think about three of the kids I did matric with ended up in uh, on the Supreme Court bench. Ooh, Kevin. So, you know, they, You've got uh, a lot to make up for. They certainly produced a few. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I failed, out, failed out of law for that reason. <laughs> anyway, that's another question. Um, just back to that point about the um, the unisex toilet. So you'd be mm. pleased to know that in Italy, <laughs> this would have pleased the Vatican no end. Yeah. <laughs> there was a um, there was a pilgrimage and a, a, a Franciscan sister from Latin America and a Franciscan sister from Italy met each other and fell in love. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> they've, they've married. Because Italian law allows <laughs> marriage, but the Vatican opposed it. Opposes, you know, obviously yeah, opposes yeah. same-sex marriage, but Italy yeah. has legalised it. Yeah. And they've they've married, and they said God wants people to be happy and to live with their love openly. We ask our church to welcome all people who love each other. Well, I don't like their chances. No, of it. no, no, no. But thought That's that a, pushing it a bit far. That would have warmed the Vatican's heart. That little manoeuvre. <laughs> um, the last week we talked to John Passant about taxes, etc., and you'll be pleased to know that. The same day, a headline turned up in the Financial Review over a story by the head of the Australia of the Business Council of uh, Australia, Tubalawasi. Um, so the headline was "Government Must Cut." Cut company taxes. Uh, you know, it was, it was essential, absolutely essential. And we didn't get on to, but last week, of course, this business in Ireland where Apple's been hit with this massive thing and the massive um, tax bill because they've been dodging for years. And but it's interesting in Ireland because there's a real well, debate the EU taking that's place. Hit them. Yeah, the EU's hit but, them, but Ireland Ireland resents it. They well, yeah, that's right. There's a debate taking they, place. The, yeah. Should they should they accept the 19.1 billion Australian? Yeah. Um, when they've actually got a massive debt um, in Ireland um, of several hundred million, and also their basic services are run down, they're cutting pensions and cutting everything. Yeah. So everything's being run down because they're not getting any money in because they're encouraging all these companies to come in and pay no tax. And that's a debate that's taking place. So you've got this situation where they're still debating whether they should cop the money that EU said they should get from Apple while their basic services are running down at a massive rate. Kevin, they're two different things, my dear. Oh, right, sorry. Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. get them confused. Oh, okay, okay. Explain. <laughs> Please explain, as, as, as Paulie would say. Please explain. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> um, yeah. And you play, Apple, by the way, which got, you know, got sprung paying no tax there, and, of course, is part of virtually a cartel of a number of tech companies, yeah. it's attacked Australian banks for what do you think? Monopolisation? No. Yes, and obstructionism. And, and, yeah. Yeah, Apple right. has. Yeah, oh, yes, oh Apple. yes, because yes, Apple, yes, Apple's got yes, its own yeah. form of um, that's right, and it wants tap and pay, and, and they, that's it. That's it. And exactly. the banks aren't, the, the banks want want them to um, yes get a percentage, and Apple doesn't want to pay the percentage. Yes, yes. That's it. That's it. All right, look, let's, um, let's take hey, a break. Let's do transport. Come. <laughs> you want to do transport, John? <laughs> okay, we'll take a break. We'll throw something on and we'll come back and do some transport. Okay. 
Okay, transport, John McPherson yeah. Day. And, John, um, before we get on to um, the, the report that came out in the last couple of days sure. about uh, future infrastructure for Melbourne, mm. which is a lot mm. of transport in it, yeah. a lot of roads too, um, a report did come out not long after our last session last month, actually, um, uh, from a mob called uh, CanStar, yeah. which compared public tra- or, uh, public's attitude to public transport in the main cities of Australia, and Melbourne came last, mm. uh, and they found that people were really upset. Smelly passengers, well, that's when you're right. Loud talking, coughing, sneezing, misbehaving. Um, when it came to overcrowding, the survey found Melbourne commuters suffered the most with 70% not comfortable with this was a slight improvement on last year. 3% decrease in those experienced delays, but those fear, etc. Passenger rating survey also revealed that while there was an improvement in people feeling safe during the day, there was a decline in those who felt safe at night. Uh, and they they said the the mob themselves said it painted a pretty bleak picture of rail travel in Melbourne. No rail, no rail network is perfect, and most reasonable people will be able to accept bad days, whether it's because of delays, overcrowding, or any other number of other issues that can occur. However, it's when these problems become the norm, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. So, John, comment? Yeah, well, the um, they actually put um, numbers on it, and they rated Perth's public transport. They got a five. Um, this is what the uh, commuter said, and then I think um, the other capitals got a th- got a four. That was Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide, and Melbourne got a three. Mm. Are we surprised? Not really. No, no. But it was, um, yeah, it was sort of. It was nice to have it. Nice to have it there in numbers. Not nice for the people using the system, of course. But um, um, what what the general punters say to each other and say to the media and say to even say to us seems to be confirmed by that that many trips on Melbourne public transport are pretty miserable mm. what it comes down to. And allied um, to that because they're about to as I've said earlier they're about to sign the contract again and mm. probably give it to Metro again for another seven yeah, years. Yeah it looks like they're happily signing up with um, the same, same people again. Yeah. According to one report this week one condition they're putting on is that they can't they can no longer just run trains express through stations that weren't meant to. Mm. Um, they've got so they've actually got some euphemism for it now. They they call it um, mm. something or other express, a, a non a non planned express or unplanned yeah, express yeah, or something, yeah. and you just go, bypass stations. And yeah. did point out that people waiting on the platform could be a bit annoyed, but I think you can be just as annoyed if you're on the train and actually want to get off. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I had one that bypassed my whole line once. So rather than, <laughs> rather than going out to Belgrave, it went headed off to Glen Waverley or something, and then um, about two hundred people got off the train and turned around and yeah, crossed yeah. the platform yeah, and waited yeah, for yeah, them to come back the other yeah, direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to be careful. Sometimes you get on the train in the loop, and it's you know you get on the train. Say I'm mm. going to Upfield, which I, well, I usually catch, obviously, um, and it's you get on the Upfield train and you get to Flinders Street and you hear them say the train on such mm. is, is Craigieburn or mm, something. You've mm. got to be careful. It sometimes changes when it gets there. Mm. Well, well, one of the things that really infuriates me that that, that you cannot hear the platform announcements inside the trains, Mm. Um, partly because, well, because there's so much noise going on in the station. But, you know, good public transport systems automatically play the platform announcements inside the train when the train is in the platform. 
They can do that with today's technology. Magic, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Automatically. <laughs> Automatically. Yes. <laughs> That's I mean it's you know, it's not rocket science to do things like that. You you think you think I often wonder whether people are actually employed to keep things backwards. Like you, you know, do you, wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like how do we make this yeah. so dysfunctional and there's yeah. actually a team yeah. working yeah. away there well, specifically trying to do that. On that on that thing mm-hmm. um, twenty, thirty years ago. They were better at telling you, say you're at Flinders Street and you want to find out the next train to Southern Cross, they were better at telling you which 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 platform to go to for the next train to Southern Cross. They would actually tell you that, you know, things like that. Were, hmm. You could get that information in the subways and things like that. These days I don't believe you can. Hmm. You just you just take your best your best guess, guess you know, yeah. hold your finger yeah. up to the wind and think, don't oh. Want to, don't want to be pedantic, but 20 years ago that you'd say, what's Southern Cross? Yeah, well, exactly. It was good old Spencer Street. Yeah. And, yeah, well, of course, 40 years ago, they could put a man on the moon, too. Mm, so. <laughs> we, can't, we can't put a train so on the station. <laughs> it's a good point, Adrian. Are they deliberately going backwards? Well, it, it, you, you do get the feeling sometimes that they do want to dumb everybody down to a level of disillusion where they just they just trudge along and will take whatever cop whatever they're... But I think also, going back to your 20-year period, even 20 beyond, before 20 years, uh, people who worked in the public transport system were incredibly proud of it uh, and had a real sense of Mm. uh, of achieving something. And public transport was considered, you know, was Mm. much more important in people's lives generally Mm. on a broader population Mm. base. And Uh, yet, don't forget I think a lot of that's gone. I think think it's become so moribund that they don't even the staff... But don't forget, it carries a hell of a lot more people now than it did 30 years ago. It really yeah. does. Yeah, but is, is it a percentage population thing now? Yeah, well, I would, well, again, I think it probably wouldn't have gone down that much because so many the jobs have evolved to be in the central, you know, the CBD and around the CBD, mm. and that's the area that public transport's absolutely needed to get people to work. Yeah, they yeah. can't all drive their cars; it's just not possible. They tried. They've got cars. They tried that. Yeah. <laughs> they, they certainly give it a crack. <laughs> they give it a good crack. But yeah. Well, so this, we, we've got yeah, we've got the worst of many worlds. I think this infrastructure report. One of the things yeah. it talks about is the congestion tax, mm. uh, which the premier and the leader of the opposition immediately agreed mm. is is not on at all. Mm. Not on at all. Don't charge motorists mm. unless it's on a privately owned, publicly funded. Toll road, toll yeah. road, yeah. and of course, don't don't um, try and charge people more for for driving on the toll road in in Pika, which would might which would make some mm. sense because that would reduce the amount of congestion. Don't yeah. even think about doing that. Now, you have long been an advocate that people should pay for their road, pay the real yeah. cost of their road yeah. use, and yeah. big pub and, and freight transport should pay more because yeah. it obviously does rick up roads. Absolutely. Um, so, your attitude to this at the moment? Well, <laughs> well, you know, that was a pretty been... probing question, John. But do your best. <laughs> Forty years ago, when I was when I was doing transport economics, mm. you know, this these sort of ideas were already quite quite prominent back then, and a few mm. cities around the world have done it. To some degree, yeah. London, Singapore, uh, Stockholm, I think, and a few others, and uh, they regard the results as being worthwhile. Um, of course, you can scream equity and say, "Well, poor people who have cars can't can't afford to drive into the city at peak hour, but rich people, of course, will still drive in." Mm. Well, I, well, my answer in some ways would be, "Well, that's what happens now, anyhow." The, um, the rich people drive in anyhow because they don't care what the, the parking costs in the city 
or they get a free car park underneath their um, high-rise mm. office office block. Um, so I I, th- I think there is there is a case for it, um, and I'd I'd put it on the main main road network right across the city, uh, and it would be it would be designed to reduce congestion in peak hours. E.g., the charges would be higher higher in peak hour, and um, you know the charges would. It would be like a bit like Uber, you know how Uber charges more when they decide that the um, the, the demand is on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a bit like that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, allied to this, there's <laughs> also a report that Punt Road. Sorry, are we going to say something. No, no, no. That Punt Road um, has slowed down to an average of 30k mm. or something, mm. and they think that's terrible. They should be able to do 100 yeah, or something. Yeah. But and we know Punt Road, not it was Hoddle Street actually. Punt Road, they've just put a clearway, and it's a bit that's better. Right. But yeah. uh, they've taken yeah. away the clearway yeah. Yeah. or put it in. I'm sorry. Put well, it of in. course, the whole but, idea. That yeah, Punt Hoddle Street there is always a problem, and they're hmm. saying so they're looking at new solutions to somehow relieve congestion on Hoddle Street, which I would have thought simply was get cars off it. Well, look at our tollways. They, they, they slow right down in peak hours too. I mean, you know, mm. is, is that terrible too? Uh, no, because you're paying for it. Right. <laughs> you're, you're paying for it because you get there faster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... The whole thing in big cities is a bit stupid. Trying to make the, you know, even trying to make the road system really efficient is 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 fairly stupid. I don't know which city would have this would have the problem solved. The only one I can think of is probably Pyongyang in North Korea, where there are so few cars that you know you never have a you never have any congestion at all. Mm. Um, that'd be my my guess. So you know, big cities need very good public transport, and there's no way around it. But we still have. Even even in this report, you catch the whiff of, oh, we'd rather do things with roads if we really thought we could, you know, and and then then the you know the, then the ideas about what we've got to do to public transport sort of come along, come along, you know, but the but the roads are where they where their real hearts lie, you know, um, I would say. One of the long-term public transport things is a tunnel from mm-hmm. Newport to Clifton Hill, yep. and presumably, therefore, from Clifton Hill to Newport. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it sounds incredible. Yeah, oh, well, quite doable. I mean, you know, you can build a tunnel <laughs> any length you like. Right, OK. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the cost. I mean, we're building, we're building Melbourne Metro after what I think is quite an inadequate um, examination of whether it was the most... Um, cost-effective um, solution. And I suppose if we can do it once, we can do it again. Mm. <laughs> and there are lots of complaints occurring there. Most people are saying, yeah, we support the project. Yeah. But a lot of areas are complaining about the impact of construction, vibration, mm. etc. Mm. Um, you notice the people up St Kilda Road have formed a group yep. about vibrations along St Kilda Road. I know that the... the um, the trees. There's also the organ at um, at St that's Paul's right. and yeah. one other yeah. somewhere. And the that they, Town Hall Melbourne Town Hall, of course, yeah. that's the other yeah. one. Yeah. Um, saying yeah. that the vibrations could throw because they're they're old, that's but right. very right. um, very historic organs, yeah. and they yeah. could get yeah. damaged. Um, yeah. Is there there's legitimate sort of complaints around well, those uh, issues? Or? I saw one really rather interesting um, assessment. The claim was made that the amount of office Offices and e.g. workers in, in in St Kilda Road is declining. That a lot of those buildings are being turned into residential. Therefore, the question's got to be asked: If that all goes residential, does it suddenly does it need this big expensive metro 
to to service it, you know, wouldn't perhaps the tram system be good enough? So if that is actually happening as a trend, I find that quite interesting. Mm. And, of course, around the domain, quite a few of the buildings there have been converted to residential and they're very high-end, expensive residential. And those people are very angry about the idea of having um, nearly a decade of um, noisy construction going on in their front front yard <laughs> while the domain, t- domain uh, underground railway um, station is built. So that's all very interesting, uh, I thought, you know, and that there are questions, questions to be asked about all those sort of things. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's called Melbourne Metro, but it's not a metro. It's a sort of a bypass line. It's only got one station on it between the city and, and where it joins the line to Caulfield. That's at the main. That's not a metro. Metros have stations quite frequently. Yeah. So it's a misnomer to start with. And if you're going to build it, it should really have a station at South Yarra. Sorry, folks. I know mm. it costs a lot of money. But you do want to maximise interchange opportunities on those sort of on those sort of lines, lines whatever the you know whatever the cost benefit ratio says, and you know the Liberals are still saying the East West Link should be built with a cost benefit ratio of forty five cents in the dollar um, benefits. You know, for every every dollar we spend on East West Link. We get forty five cents back. That back yeah, in benefits. Yeah, so that's a yeah, net yeah. loss. Mm. Suppose, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and yet that hasn't stopped them saying that that is vital, vital, you know, state infrastructure. So um, I think I don't think even South Yarra came out that badly in terms of a cost benefit thing or a station. But also allied to this, and I think it is allied to this in some way, the government this week's also announced, certainly long term and there's nothing more specific, but amazing development. They've rearranged the plan to be much more user-friendly in terms of Fisherman's Bend as a development, Mm, mm. but they're also talking about public transport there that includes Mm. trams and another railway station, Mm. etc. Now, Mm, mm. there may be some connection to this whole metro thing in there somewhere. Well, that's right. Well, if 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 they're going to build this... Um, metro two lines, metro number two line that goes from Newport across to um, Clifton Hill underneath the city. You would assume it would come out via Foot Fisherman's Bend, and you'd have one, possibly two stations on the Fisherman's Bend Peninsula. That would only make some sense to to connect that that you know quite dense. They're going to want, they want to build quite dense residential there to connect that in. I hope, at least, I hope they build the entrances up at least three or four metres. So when, they, when the surge tides come in with the heightened sea level, they just don't oh, instantly yeah. fill up. Well, mm. that, that's yeah. well, that's what they're finding in that's New, what York, exactly. in New York. Exactly, New York. they're exactly. saying that. All they're saying that. Oh my God, we've got to try and seal our underground system against um, sea level surges. rise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so well, I was going to raise it later, but now you've raised New York. They just in brief, briefly, the train that hit the. There's a terminus there, of course. But it's the second time it's happened at that station where a train's crashed in, hasn't stopped and caused enormous damage, Mm. including death. Mm. Uh, Is that possible here or are we a different situation? Is that possible here? Uh, You need a dead end, sort of. The fact that it's a terminus probably plays a role. I'm just trying to to think about... I th- it would be hard to it would be hard for it to happen at, at, at high speed. I believe it could possibly happen at low speed, 
Although I remember that train that ran away from Broadmeadows on a Sunday night about mm. 10 years ago. Went downhill. All the ran way. all the way into the city and they, <laughs> yeah. and they just managed to divert it, divert it to, to avoid a, another suburban train coming out of... Ooh, nasty. And yeah. it, ran, it ended up running into the nose of a large diesel locomotive and um, there were no, nobody was on mm. the train that ran mm. away. Yeah. Uh, and they weren't, able to sl- they weren't able to slow that down. Um, so, yeah, these things can happen. It's very, even if there are systems in place, things can go wrong that where, where they don't work. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was watching the news with my little boy. I mean, that, that's just like happened in Thomas. Thomas the tank engine. Gordon, <laughs> Gordon left the track and went through. There. He, he was poking out about 30 feet up off a building, though. But right. <laughs> it's elevated platform. Yeah. Anyway. But it's pretty frightening. I mean, yeah, particularly yeah. in underground situations where there's a sense of claustrophobia yes. of all well, that they, happens. They, they are very, 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 very um, nasty. There, there was a very bad one in, in the London Underground about... 40 years ago. Yes, I won't go any further with that. Um, so, yes, these things can happen. Um, mm. Mm. Talking about transport disasters, I, I drove my electric vehicle to charge at the mall and fast charger the other day, and there was a council car sitting in there, unplugged, not charging. Very frustrating. Mm. Came back 60 minutes later, still there. So, yeah, and that, the context mm. of that is there are two fast chargers that I can access for my vehicle in Melbourne. And, you know, you, if you go to a fast charger, it's usually because you're wanting to fill up. In a hurry. And in a hurry. And uh, when someone's sitting there not actually using oh. it, it's very frustrating because it doesn't even show up on the computer as being in oh. use. So, so it, was just, of, it was just simply a car park. It was a car park, yeah. So they may yeah. well have charged, but then pulled the plug out and then Does your car, have they built, do they, because there was always a worry with electric cars that no one, pedestrians can't hear them. Does yours got a built-in noise thing to alert pedestrians? Yeah, my horn. Yeah, but what about, is there anything else there? Because, you know, it, it is a fact that a, <coughs> pedestrians often hear a car and sense it's coming by the noise of the engine yep. without looking. So if they, if, it's like with bikes, I guess. If you, if you don't hear it, you tend to not hear it. Obviously. Look, I think in the early days, I did notice quite a lot of people stepping out in front of me and things along those lines. But I think because... Um, it's a mix of electric cars and hybrids like Toyota that can run mm-hmm. on there, yeah, just yeah. electric at times. So I think people are actually getting used to it. So less and less are people stepping out and not doing a visual mm. inspection. So or, the, or maybe it's just that all the people who didn't do visual inspections are no longer with us. So yeah. one, or, one or the mm. other is just the cause mm. of well, we, well, we know Brunswick yeah. leads the world yeah. in so many Yeah, things, exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so look, I, 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 yeah, it has been a problem. I mean, I've been driving behind people on a road and they've just been walking down the middle of the road and, mm. you know, 20 feet, 30 feet later, they were still walking mm. down the middle of the road and I was still mm. driving behind them until eventually I tooted and they went, oh, there's a car behind me. But, yeah, yeah. so they, they, it does have a slight hum. Right. J- jumping back to the Victorian infrastructure plan. Yeah, right, right. Um, it's, it's interesting that the, the rail stuff tends to be vague, as usual, the rail stuff tends to be vaguer than the road stuff. Mm. It's always the way, you know. Well, they're pushing the, the link to um, the north, the, the ring road, into the western suburbs. Yeah, it, that, that, yeah they want to build that, an outer western yeah, ring road. Yeah, that's, well, that's, yeah. been on, that's been on Vic Road's plans for ages. The northeast link, they, they like that. That Very actually, much so. that Very actually much. seems to come up with a positive benefit cost ratio, amazingly, hmm. um, and w- which makes puts it far ahead of the east west link hmm. across between um, uh, Flemington and um, Collingwood, uh, which I find quite interesting. So, because my my personal um, suspicion has always been that the northeast link made a whole lot more sense for a whole lot more 
reasons for transport in Melbourne in mm. terms of you know things like ben- beneficial things like freight got more out of the northeast link than they ever got out of the east east west link near the city so the, this plan seems to confirm that yeah. um but but uh with trans with 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 rail they could have been a bit more ambitious i think they could have been more ambitious in the in the uh, the country rail stuff um what they're talking about is still not raising um services to places like Bendigo and Geelong and Ballarat to the same level you'd get in Europe. Yeah, I, I caught the train to Bendigo um, during the holidays. Yeah. quite enjoyed the trip. Yeah. and um, you, you were doing up were, to 100 miles an hour, 160 kilometres an hour yeah. at times. Yeah, at yeah. times we were going that far. I yeah. did think there was a couple of slow bits. Yeah. yeah. And you thought, yeah, always when you go through those slow bits, you guess, why isn't someone ripping yeah. these tracks up yeah. and doing yeah. a bit of a realignment and getting the speeds That's up? Right. Simple That's as right. that. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's the usual... Fud, they fud, they had to fudge it because they were running out of money um, at the end of that project. Yeah, and there and the and the fact that there's single track from from Kite North to Bendigo is stupid because yep. it used to be double track and it was changed. And they they changed it. Yes, they changed it back to single track. Yes. Mm. Well, look, I look personally. I think if the the speeds for those public areas, mm. uh, sorry, those 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 trains out to those areas mm. were up. I'd, I'd live out there. And, well, it, well, you um, see, and when, the, when, the, when oh. the original fast thing started, there was a one train a day in an hour and twenty minutes from Bendigo to the city. Now that was that was spectacular, uh, but to do that, all the other trains had to be sort of pulled, pulled aside, yeah. <laughs> make way, <laughs> make way. Yeah. But a lot of people yeah. do commute from Woodend and Kite. Oh yes, they do. Yeah, I, and, I, I think yeah. people should make more of that actually. But I think Woodend currently Woodend and and Kyneton and those sort of places well, bit closer in are perfectly viable well, they do. options. Well, yeah. they do. Lots mm. of people do commute, but 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 really they're they're, they're being shortchanged on what they could have. Mm. I mean, that line particularly could have trains at two hundred kilometres now. Yep. On long sections, for instance. Yeah. When I was um, um, when like I was on that. Fitzroy Council, the town clerk, as they were then called, of Collingwood, mm. he lived at Woodend mm. uh, and came in every day. But he came in on with his bloody car, of course. Yeah, that was the course, trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. of course. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, they haven't they haven't been as ambitious as they could have been. They've talked about the need for more capacity from Geelong, particularly, but I'm not quite clear from what I've seen what they mean by that. Whether they, uh, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've done the Geelong mm. trip as well, and thrown my bike on, and mm. you know, got mm. down the other mm. end and jumped out on my bike and well, know, it should, cycled it off to the school be, I was giving a talk at. It, it should it, was, be a, it worked well. It should be a thirty-five minute trip yeah. to Geelong, whereas whereas mm. it's a 50, 50 minute yeah. trip. Well, now but, they've yeah. diverted it so much that it's uh, that's right. It's yeah, yeah. It's so, a problem. You but, know, <clears throat> and um, in yeah, in the in the city, they're talking about the bigger trains, the ten car trains, and that gives you a big increase in capacity per train. But again, it doesn't seem to be much emphasis on trying to run services where you have more express services from the outer suburbs. I mean, you know, the best systems where you've got a city as spread out as ours have all-day express services servicing the outer, outer parts. We don't, we don't. We tend to have a few expresses in the peaks and the rest of the day it's all station, stations all yep. stopping. And that you know, it's a a purgatorial. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's purgatorial. If you if you travel from mm. from Pakenham to the city on an old station stop, you would get to Kyneton quicker, probably. Yeah, your two-hour ticket might run out. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would. <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah. John, just before, I was a couple of things I wanted to mention as well, but while we're on those sort of things, yeah, sure. um, th- there was also that dreadful accident at Surrey Hill Station. 
yes. where a couple of people were killed, yes, um, car, yes. train hitting Indeed. car. Now Indeed. I always argue that if a train hits a car, you, it's not it's not that hard. You know, it's mm. difficult to blame the train. Mm. But um, there's been a a lot of screaming and yelling since then for trains to have a speed limit and slow down. Mm. Now, uh, it seems to me that once again trains are copying the blame in many ways. Um, now it's yeah. a tragedy for those women. Yes, but nonetheless yes. they were on the train line. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, uh, it it sounds as if there was congestion on the other side of the level mm. crossing, and like a lot of people, they just rolled forward across the and line. then sort of realised, oh, we're on the we're on the crossing. It had the big yellow hatching all over it. Uh, and then they were hoping, of course, that they'd roll out the other side, but but then suddenly ding, bells were dinging and barriers were coming down and they got they got a bit, a bit of a fright. Hmm. And um, apparently, I, I think I heard that they tried to back backwards, but of course the barrier was down and there were other cars probably on the other side of the barrier. Hmm. So they, they, they ended up, in, you know, in a state of panic, I think. Um, whereas what they should have, should have done, I mean, you know, here's me talking... Hindsight, yeah. Hindsight is um, is try and barge forward, and even if they had to push a car off in front of them, you know, just mm. get out of that orange square, and yeah. that would have been all right. But of course, with three rail tracks too, it, it's a you know most people are used to just two rail tracks, but there were three there, and spread out over a greater width. So again, I think that might have confused them. And it, it's also it's also oh, look it, it relates to just general skills in driving yeah, anyway. Yeah. I mean, people block the box. All the time in just normal intersections right. in, around Melbourne, people don't. That's right. They'll 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 not give spaces for people to turn in from the left. So the yeah. the, the old, you know, very courteous driving that Melbourne used to have in the seventies, eighties right. has completely disappeared. And there's a different type of driving now. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's it's you know reminiscent of that. You know why yeah. you might get stuck in the box because yeah. people yeah. just are doing that sort of thing as general behaviour. But, so. but, but yeah. even if that train had slowed down to say sixty kilometres an hour coming around, the curve, still take them out if they don't get out of the car. It still takes a very long time to stop a yeah. to stop a train. Um, it just it just cannot stop on a sixpence like a car can. Just not possible. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, in, in, but but quite tragic. And that that level crossing had been proposed back in the apparently back in the sixties for elimination, but the locals campaigned against it. <laughs> yeah, and of course, I, but I, I suppose my point is that I don't see why trains should have to slow down because mm. um, because they might hit a car on a level crossing. Mm. I mean, it's really, I think it's, the responsibility is the motorists in these situations. It wouldn't have helped here, but I, I think um, generally the people who get hit on crossings are people who weave their way around the gates. And I personally think they should have the four-way gates, not just the two gates. There should be gates on the exit side as well, but they'd come down a bit later than the the gates, you know, four-way. Most other places in the world, busy crossings have the four-way gates, and the gates often have a skirt below them too that, that means they look more... Imposing. Imposing. Yeah. Uh, kind of damage the duke. And you can often... and they, they often put a little spine down the middle of the road too that so traffic can't get out of its queue if it wants to do something stupid and go around the gates. We don't seem to go mm. in for those sort of refinements. I don't know why. Mm. Uh, they would help. They wouldn't have helped this situation, but yeah. they would help in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. it's, you know, it'd seem if we got rid of all the level crossings, then that's going to be something we can do. It, it, it would it, mm. it'd be, a good, it'd be a good thing, but, yeah. um, but probably not a cost-effective thing. No. <laughs> 
Yeah, speaking of cost-effective, we just passed a note to remind people that it is Seniors Week, and if you've got a Seniors card and the, the Seniors uh, Mikey, um, you can travel free all this week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So there you are, John. Oh, there I am. I rode my bike here today. I could have gone free public transport. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that's it. So just a reminder of that one. It goes till next Sunday. So up till next Sunday, you can uh, travel free. There's that other announcement. Travel free. Too, oh, yeah, there was another announcement, wasn't there? Now, where did I put that? Here we are. What's it say for Kevin? Um, rally. Oh, well. It's we'll a answer, sort of a joke. We'll, answer, a we'll do this now. It's a trend. But defend and extend public housing. It's from our mate Howard. Um, and it's uh, on Thursday, October 21 at State Parliament at 11.30 to 12.30. Um, and uh, the contacts are Joe Toscano, who will be in the studio after this. And they've given me a mobile for Joe, so I presume he doesn't mind it being read out. It's 0439 395489, 0439 395489, or Joe's Facebook page. So defend and extend public housing. And, and Joe has seen up a new political party by the sound of it. Well, oh, like, he's oh. had that for a while. He keeps yeah. <laughs> yeah, all these things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> October 20, that's Thursday, October 20, 11.30 at Parliament House. So there you are, that's that one as well. John, we did talk about... Um, mm. The article by John Stone last oh, yes, week, and yes, the, yes. the we've only got a couple of minutes left now. But the the um, the contract about to be renewed. Now he says the government needs to be much better at signing contracts that they they keep ripping us off. And there are there are several parts of the contract mm. about which we know nothing. Yeah. But in particularly in areas like uh, maintenance and capital works, yeah. The, the bill seems to be going up all the time. We don't know why. The bill seems to be going up all the time, and it seems to me, and I think John says that somewhere there in his article, that in fact Metro and the ilk choose what needs to be done, and then just build a government, build a mm. government for it. It's um, it seems as if um, the government uh, basically just says, "Oh, okay." Well, We'll, we'll so the private the company now decides what what we what we get in terms of maintenance mm. and capital works, mm. Mm. and they they sort of <laughs> do it to their um, to do what suits them in a way uh, rather than what suits. Um, I know we've only got a couple of seconds left, but I've always mm. not understood why you just wouldn't have open contracts and corporations can price the cost of bidding into an open contracting mm-hmm. system into their bids and if it costs too much money then mm-hmm. they don't play it's simple as that and it's just a price of doing business it's not a, mm-hmm. it's not a necessary element of government contracting no. and it, it, we could have all open contracts in almost every element of government that's the way that's the way you would assume it should be yes but in nearly every case it's very t- over time things have evolved into these much more secretive but it doesn't have to be that way. No, it doesn't make no. doesn't make commercial no. sense no. from an economic rationalist no, point no, of view. No, it's it just a price of doing business. It doesn't. Simple as that. But it, but it seems to evolve into something else. It suits the, the players. Yeah, it's totally. both the government players and the um, and the corporate, and players. The corporate well, that's players. That's a great line on which to finish City Limits because it doesn't make much sense, and that's what City Limits. Oh, thanks. No, we're making sense. But. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So, look, we will wind up there. But, John, thanks for coming in again. We'll see you next month. Okay. Well, when I mean, I'm back from Japan. Well, you look, oh, that's right. You go to Japan, mm. don't you? Well, we'll, oh, hear all about you that. we'll hear all about that next week, uh, next month. Yep. And we, you are here a popular request. We did have a listener ring and say they're so <laughs> looking forward to hearing John. So I've got a month to wait again. Adrian, thanks for coming in. See you next thank week. You. See you next week. Okay. And, um, again, Andy, thank you very much. No worries. Wonderful thank job. You. And Joe will be in next, and he will tell you about that same rally, I'm sure.
Next week, um, next we're going to tell people why electricity prices are so high with um, Miriam Lyons from GetUp. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.